0: but try to bring your Bibles to church, amen? It's good for you. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, and it is appointed for man to die once, but after this, the judgment. Did y'all catch that? It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that comes the judgment, which means you don't go and turn back into a butterfly, you don't go and become a dog or be reincarnated to something else, amen? It's appointed unto man once to die, amen? And so when you begin to think about the life that we live every day, how many know life is short? I know 2021 was a rough year for me, so to speak, because a few of the people that I, that I grew up with no longer living on this earth, and when you think about death, it's one of those things that make you stop and think about the things you do. The things you go through, the way you handle things, and I know some people when they, when 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 death is being talked about, it's like, what is that about? I'm, I may not be used to this. You may not be used to this coming to, uh, coming from a church maybe, and it's all about lift you up, pick you up. You're a champion. You'll win. You'll make it you'll be awesome. But how many know sometimes we got to stop and think about our eternity? 150,000 people die every day. And we got to ask ourselves, did they think about their eternity before it happened? Because a lot of people don't. Amen. And so I was thinking about a good person. As I may have said, a good person, you may have, uh, um, somebody may have popped in your head that you thought, man, that person is a good person. If that person could make it to heaven on being good, that, that person would probably make it. Because he's, he's probably a pretty good person. But I wanted to just do something real quick before I get into the message. I wanted to ask if there's anybody in this place who feel like they could prove that they're a good person tonight. Anybody? Anybody? What about if I gave you ten dollars to prove it? Anybody think they could prove that they're a good person tonight? Mike. Hey Amen. Anybody want to judge them? Oh, we ain't got nobody who want to be a jury tonight. I need three people to be a jury. Anybody? We got one. Anybody else? Oh, okay. We got people that's in here lying, but they be on Facebook liking and disliking stuff all day. But when it's come to church time, they act like they, mm mm-hmm it's all good. I need a couple of you teenagers to judge. You want to judge your dad? <laughs> you won't get a whooping. <laughs> Amen. So I'll just, uh, you know, when you think about being a good person, you think about the, the when we categorize a good person, it's maybe a person that helps out a lot, a person that maybe help the old lady across the street. But I wanna ask specific questions tonight. And so I wanna ask you four questions, is that cool? How many lies have you told in your life? Countless, he said. I know he said he plead the fifth, but I, I, that, that lets me know he's incriminating himself already. So what do you call somebody who tells lies? A liar. Oh, now they participating. <laughs> oh, Okay. Okay. We getting somewhere, amen? Have you ever stolen anything? Amen. What do you call somebody who steals things? Thief. Have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? That's called blasphemy. In the Old Testament, it was punishable by death. Amen? The last one. Would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? Why not? you love her, you respect her, but we'll use the Lord's name in vain. Are y'all seeing where we're going with this? And so I'm not judging you, but by what you admitted to, you admitted that you are a lying, thieving, blasphemer, amen? And those was just three of the Ten Commandments. And so if you was to be judged by those Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty it, when you stand before the Lord? Because it says, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then come judgment. You would stand before him and you would be guilty. We all would be guilty. That's what I'm trying to get us to see. We all would be guilty. If we asked each and every person in this place those questions, everybody would be guilty. And we're all on level playing field. The only difference is some people say, Jesus, I know I'm messed up and I need you. And some people say, I'm 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 a good person. I don't care what you say. And we have to get to the place to where we say, you know what, God, I'm gonna trust you. God, I'm gonna trust you. I told you I would give you. Amen. Amen, amen. Give him a hand, amen. Amen. He was brave enough to stand trial before all you People who who is not judging. Some I mean, y'all was like, "Ooh, he be lying." Ooh. In that last part, you. That ten dollars was never yours until what happened. Until I gave it to you. Until you came forward, and received it. That's the same way we have to be with the with the gift of God, for eternal life. God gave us the gift of eternal life. Amen? But too many times we, we don't go get it. He already died on the cross for us. Now we have to go and accept the gift. There are too many people in this life that are walking around saying, yeah, I got the gift of God. I got eternal life. I'm going to heaven when I breathe my last breath. But they have never confessed Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their lives. They haven't accepted that gift, but yet they say, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I'm a follower, I'm a worshiper, I know that when I take my last breath, I'm going to heaven. And there's a verse in this Bible that says there will be people that come before him and say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. And I don't want that to be any person in this place, amen? Let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. Say amen when you get there. It says, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but to the life that he lived, He lived to God. Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So Jesus gave the example, and then he called us to do something. Jesus showed us, hey, I did it, and I came down to this earth to do it, to show you that it can be done. And for those that have called Jesus Lord, we have a job to do. Amen? Jesus never sinned. But as we can see, we have. And the only way to be like him is to be in constant repent mode. Amen. Because what we do is we we do things, we 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 sin and we justify it. Instead of saying Lord, I'm I'm sorry for that. I messed up. Let me turn to you. Let me come to you. And so when you think about it's not worth it, we have to think about the things we do, the sins we commit, the things that we sweep under the rug, the things that we act like God is not watching, God is not paying attention. How many know we can fool everybody in this church? Right? We can come in this place and we can put on a a good show, we can put on a good attitude, we can put on a a a smile, we can do all those things. We can we can fake people out that may be right next to us. But how many know you can't lie to God? Amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter twenty six. what I want to show in these next few verses is the difference of how people handle sin. And when I'm talking about people, I'm talking about those who were closest to Jesus. I'm talking about his disciples. Amen? Because how many know we can learn some things from his disciples? Amen? And that has to be our goal as we live every day for him. We got to constantly be trying to get better, trying to draw closer to him. And so you got two, two ways you can go. You can justify your sin or you can repent of your sin. Amen? It says Matthew 26, starting in verse 6. It said, and when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head, and he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Have anybody heard this story before? And maybe when you heard this story, I don't know about you, but when I've heard this story, all the blame was being pointed to Judas. Like Judas was saying these things. But if you look in verse 8, it says, And his disciples saw it, and they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? So it wasn't just Judas, it was a lot of them. Could have been all of them. And they was looking at this woman who came to Jesus and she was just trying to give to Jesus and pour out everything that she had. She gave everything to him. Amen? That's where we got to get to that place to where we want to give him everything. That fragrant oil was, was expensive. she didn't care she said I want Jesus I'm not worried about this oil I can find some more oil but this Jesus can't find none like him amen and then if we skip down to verse 20 it says and when evening had come he sat down with the twelve and now as they were eating he said assuredly I say to you One of you will betray me. Watch this verse. It says, And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? That has to be our attitude every day. Every day. Lord, is it me that's betraying you today? Lord, I'm sorry if it's me. Lord, let me turn back to you. Lord, let me repent of the sins I don't even know about. We got to constantly be repenting of our sins, amen? It's not enough to be saved and then repent once and be good, amen? That's a lie from the devil. We got to constantly be repenting, amen? Drawing closer to him, verse 23. It says he answered and said he who dips his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would be it would would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas who was betraying him answered this is important answered and said Rabbi is it I anybody see the difference the other ones were saying Lord is it I Judas the one who was fixing to betray him said Rabbi Rabbi is it I See, we got to get to the place where Jesus is not just a a genie in the bottle. We got to get to the place where Jesus is more than just a come to him when you're hurting, when you're sick, when you're going through some things. We got to come to Jesus when we're feeling good, amen? We got to come to Jesus when things are going good, amen? We got to spend time with him in prayer when things are going good, amen? Amen? Jesus, he said to him, you said it, yep, it was you, and now I want to focus on two guys and just the, the, the way that they changed, the way that they handled failure. are any 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 Christians in here who failed before? Amen, amen. We've all fallen. But it's the way we handle handle it. Amen. And I want to start with Peter. I know a lot of times we start with the bad first, but I want to start with the good first. Amen. Matthew chapter 26 starting in verse 31. He says, and then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble before you because of you, I will not never be made to stumble anybody ever had that attitude I'll never go back I'll never sin again Jesus I love you too much I'll never do it again in the next breath we go do something verse 34 Jesus said to him surely I say to you that this night Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Check out old Pete. And Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Let's look down at verse uh, 69. It says, Now Peter sat outside of the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out of the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you are also one of them, for your speech betrays you. And then he began to curse and swear, saying, God, Do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus, who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Remember this part. And so he went out and wept bitterly. He went out and wept bitterly. which is what we do a lot of times, we we come to the altar, we hear a message, we hear a service, and, and that message just touch your heart, so much that we come down to the altar, we're crying, we're weeping, we're snotting, we're doing all type of things. And we come and we ask the Lord to forgive us. We repent of that sin. And how many know Jesus restores us? Just like he did Peter. Later on, he went back and told Peter to feed his sheep three times. The same amount of times he denied him, amen? And Peter went on to do important things for the kingdom of God. Now I want to look at Judas, and this is what's been in my heart for the past couple of weeks. Amen? Let's look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 through 16. It says that one of the 12, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. And so from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. And I know as I was reading that, some people would say, man, what? Why would he do that? Why would he betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver? And some of you may even say, I would never do such a thing. But God bless us with a new job and we forget all about church. That lady we've been praying for, that man we've been praying for, God, give them to us. And the first thing we do is start touching them. Start sinning, amen? Start saying, thank you, Lord, but I'm going to take it from here. Or are we in a situation where if you don't lie, you're going to get in trouble? we say I I don't want to get in trouble so let me go ahead and tell a little white lie or maybe you chose not to clock out one day and decided not to go tell anybody looked at your paycheck and thought it was real fat Like, man that's a nice paycheck Nobody said anything. To this day, nobody said anything. And we gotta ask ourselves, what would I betray Jesus for? Because too many times it's easy to look at somebody else and say, that's a terrible person. I would never do what they did. But just like what Jesus does, he he switch it around just a little bit to turn it to where where he put the Put it back on us. Put the focus back on us. And then we say, well, and then we start justifying. Well, Jesus, you know, that situation was a bit tough. See, Judas, he was going out and he was looking for a reason to to betray you. But if you think back to that, that, that lady that had that oil, Everybody else was sinning too. But maybe that was his breaking point. Maybe that was his moment where he said, you know what, I've had enough of this Christian stuff. I've had enough of this following Jesus stuff. I need to go see what I can do on my own. And maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't got to that place, but you haven't fully repented of those sins. You're still Playing around with sin. And how many know that verse that pastor read Sunday? When sin is full grown, it brings forth death. See, we can't play around with sin. We got to get rid of it every chance we get. When sin tries to creep in, we got to get rid of it. And that was such a powerful nugget that he gave. He said that if we constantly push sin away, eventually it'll become powerless. But too many times we want to hang around sin because how many know sin is what? Fun. If sin wasn't fun, if sin wasn't enjoyable, nobody would do it. Right? Nobody would do it. But sin is fun. Sin is cool. Sin is attractive and so therefore we have to give up some things we got to say you know what I'm not, I'm not going over there sometimes we got to lose a, a good friend say listen you got to choose Jesus I chose Jesus you can come hang out with me but you know we justify it right And we say, ah, it's just a little party. The birthday parties I used to go to growing up was a birthday at at the park. Had some cake, played some sports, went home. Then I got introduced to a different way of life when I met my wife. and they do things a little different. It start off as a kid party. This is B.C., before Christ. And it end up as something else, as an adult party. Kids need to go to bed. But when we get to the place to where we try to hang around the same people that we used to hang around quote unquote being a witness and then they cause us to fall and then we come back and have our head down shaking and and that could be our breaking point. That could be our Judas moment. We got to learn how to say no. The Lord will tell us when it's time to go reach those people. And more times than not, they're going to come to you, to your neck of the woods, to your area, and say, I need help. Amen? But see, Judas almost had it right. Let's look at Matthew chapter 27. three. It says, then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful, and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priest and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is it to us? You see to it. And then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed. He threw down the pieces of silver and departed and hanged himself. Judas almost had it right. He was remorseful. He was sorry about what he did. He even went back and tried to make amends, like, take it back. I don't want it anymore. But he forgot to do one thing. He forgot to do one thing, the most important thing. He forgot to run back to Jesus. See, we're all going to sin. We're all sinners in this place but listen, we can't get to the place to where the devil tells us that we're too far gone and we mess up and he say, you done messed up too much. You can't go back. You got to just go ahead and live in the world and stay there because that's what the devil want us to do. He want us to get to that Judas place to where we're so far gone and we we feel like we can't come back because if he would have came back and ran back to Jesus, he would have been still there. Amen? It predicted that he would betray Jesus, not go kill himself. We got to get to that place. Maybe you're at that place right now where you are living in some type of sin, some type of situation. and you know that the Lord has been telling you to change it up. And you keep justifying it, and justifying it, and justifying it, and justifying it. And And our faithful God is continuing to bless. That's what's so amazing about God, is even when we As terrible as we are, he still continued to bless us. He knew Judas was going to do what he was going to do, and he still allowed him to walk with him and be with him and hang out with him and do all the things with him. In the last couple of verses, says that, but the chief priest took the verse 6. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them back into the treasury because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field and buried two buried strangers in. And therefore the field has been called Field of Blood to this day as we get ready to close. sin that we're wallowing around in, the sin that we are continuing to justify, the sin that we continue to, to mess around with, it doesn't just affect you. Can I tell you that tonight? That sin don't just affect you. Because of that 30 pieces of silver they now have a whole field to go bury strangers in. And now this this field is called a field of blood. So not only did did Judas do what he did to himself, but now other people are falling by the wayside because of it. So when you think about this life that you live, you got to ask yourself, who am I living it for? Am I living it for my pleasures, my joys, what I want to do, or are you living it like, like Jesus did unto God? Because how many know that he said that in Matthew 6.33, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Amen? That means all those things that you want to do, God already knows. God already want to give those things to you. But he wants you to come to him first. He wants you to give him everything. And he'll take care of those little things. Amen? Let us bow our heads and close our eyes. I'll close out with a poem if I could. This poem is called Never Found Time. It says, I kneel to pray, but not for long. I had too much to do. Must hurry off and get to work, for bills would soon be due. And so I said, I hurried prayer. I jumped up from my knees. My Christian duties now were done. My soul could be at ease all through the day I had no time to speak a word of cheer no time to speak of Christ to friends they laugh at me I feared no time no time too much to do that was my constant cry no time to give to those in need at last was time to die And when before the Lord I came, I stood with downcast eyes. Within his hand, he held a book. It was the book of life. God looked into his book and said, Your name I cannot find. I once was going to write it down, but I never Find time to spend with our Lord and Savior who gave up everything for us. He came down from heaven and became nothing of no reputation, the Bible says, for us. The Bible says that he was beaten, that he was battered, that he was bruised, lashes on his back was for you and me the least we could do is give him some time and so I just want to ask all over this place no looking around from front to back left to right all over this place I want to ask how many in this place Never called on the name of Jesus, have never said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. But tonight, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. Maybe you've said that prayer before. Maybe you said that prayer many a times. Maybe you come to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. But you know something inside of you is saying, I, I gotta, I gotta get right. This is between you and God nobody's looking around, and you just want to come back tonight, you just want to rededicate your life back to him tonight, if that's you, as we come to the altar, as we, I just want you to come down and rededicate your life back to the Lord, amen, let us stand to our feet tonight. doing. God is going to use you. I know you've been down here before. Keep coming. Don't let nobody keep you from coming down to this altar. Even if you got to come every service. But what you got to do is you got to put your hope in Jesus. Got to put your trust in him. Say, Lord, I I may not have all the answers, but I'm going to trust you when you begin to do that he'll begin to he'll begin to change all of this he'll begin to change the way you think he'll begin to change the way you move the way you talk he'll begin to do a whole new work in you that when you walk around people will say there's something about him there's something about him but it starts with giving him everything amen Amen. let us repeat after after me Lord Jesus We thank you for coming down from heaven and dying on a cross, being beaten for me. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Help me when I don't know which way to go. When I don't know what to do, show me who you want me to be. Jesus, I love you. I thank you. I give everything to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.